InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Career-oriented men are often workaholics, but a surprising trend is underway. More and more males are looking to family and flex time, seeking balance in their lives. What's this mean for business and society? InfoTrack's Roy Mackey has the story. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Sherry Sullivan is a tenured associate professor at Bowling Green State University in Ohio and director of the Small Business Institute, and she's co-author of a book called The Opt-Out Revolt. Sherry, welcome to InfoTrack. Thank you. Glad to be here. You and your co-author completed five studies in five years on the underlying patterns on both men's and women's careers. What was the most eye-opening finding in those five years? Well, I think the most interesting thing that Lisa Miniario and I found was that there really is still a difference in the way that men and women enact their careers. Men still follow this very traditional linear career path, and we're speaking about men of the greatest generation and of the baby boom generation. You stay with one or two organizations, you climb that corporate ladder. Whereas women have much less of the traditional career. They have more career interruptions and more shifting among different factors in how they create their careers. Your book is called The Opt-Out Revolt, and the basic premise is that men are beginning to change the way they think about their careers and to take paths that are more like the ones that women have traditionally taken, right? That's exactly right, and we find that there's a change in attitudes among the younger men. Younger men are saying things about how they want to have more balance between work and non-work, how they're willing to make trade-offs, they're willing to make less money, have less career advancement if it means that they can have more balance, they can spend more time with their wives and children. We even see some younger men talking about becoming stay-at-home dads or switching with their wives, one of them staying home for a period of time with the children and then switching roles with their wives. I can envision someone my father's age saying something like, well, this is a result of the failing work ethic in the U.S. that men are looking at their careers in this whole different way. How do you respond to something like that? Well, your father's right in a way. It used to be, if you look at men of the greatest generation, they'd go to work for one or two firms over their life, and a firm would say to them, you know, come work with us. We'll guarantee you a job for life. You'll come in early in your career. We'll train you. We'll develop you. And you stay with us until retirement. And we'll take care of you. And in return, you be a loyal and committed employee. And many people of the greatest generation of the baby boom generation bought into this and said, yes, I'll be a loyal employee and you guarantee me job security. And what happened is During the 1980s, we saw massive layoffs and downsizing of white-collar professional workers. And people began to question, gee, I've been loyal to this company. I put in 50, 60, 70 hours a week. I've given up time with my family to make this company successful. And then I walked in one day and my job was gone. So people really don't see that connection to their companies anymore. And they feel if the company's not going to be loyal to them, why should they be loyal to the company then? Our guest is Sherry Sullivan. She is a tenured associate professor at Bowling Green State University and 
co-author of a new book called The Opt-Out Revolt. Sherry, I find this whole discussion kind of interesting because women traditionally over the last maybe 30 years have complained that they've made less money partly because they've had disruptions in their careers and so forth. It's interesting that men now are reconsidering that, and is that going to affect the kind of money they make? You know, we would hope that at a certain point in time that the money men and women make is based solely on performance and what they're contributing and that it doesn't matter your face time in the office because that's the only thing. And in very traditional careers in the past, I mean, traditional organizations, we found that pay was based more on face time. Are you in the office? rather than actual productivity. And we're seeing some firms are being more proactive in saying, you know, the thing that we care about is, are you doing a quality job? And if you are, we don't care if you're in the office, if you're working at home, if you're a telecommuter, as long as you're doing the job, that's what we care about now. So there is a switch to an emphasis now on actual productivity and getting the job done rather than FaceTime. And you predict that corporations are going to start seeing some real personnel problems in just a few years unless they come up with some family-friendly policies to counteract that. That's right. The Department of Labor is predicting that by 2012 we're going to begin to see the effects of a labor shortage, especially for skilled professional workers. Now, the companies that are being proactive, that are introducing programs, provide for more flexibility, more challenge, allowing people to express their values at work, these companies are going to be able to attract and retain the high-quality workers. Companies that aren't doing that, who are saying they're family-friendly and really aren't, they're really going to be well behind the pack when these labor shortages occur. Could you give me some specific examples of the sorts of decisions people are making now? I understand some of them are maybe working part-time from home or even combining patchworks of jobs into a consistent paycheck. People really have three major driving forces in their career. The need for authenticity or to be true to themselves, the need for balance to have equilibrium between their work and non-work, and the need for challenge to have stimulating work where they can grow and learn and develop over their lifetime. And people are looking for jobs or a combination of jobs that will allow them to meet these three needs. So some people are looking for part-time work. Say if a woman has a child, she's looking for the opportunity to phase back into the workforce, maybe work part-time for a while, and then as the um, child grows and goes to school, switch back to a full-time schedule. Men and women both are looking for opportunities to be able to increase or reduce their workload based on family needs. If they have an elderly family member who needs help, they might want to reduce their client load for a while. And then when things get back to normal and their elderly relative needs less help, they might want to increase their client load. So people really want the chance to have greater flexibility and are using different combinations or different patterns in their careers than we've seen in the past. You've done a lot of research. What kind of advice would you give to an employee who is thinking, you know, this sounds interesting, but I don't really feel like I have a lot of leverage to compel my company to make some of these changes you've described? What kind of advice would you give that person? 
One thing they could do is they could go to our website, theoptoutrevolt.com, and we have a family-friendly audit there. And they could take that audit, they could take it to their manager, their HR manager, and show them, look, here's what cutting-edge companies are doing. Our company's really rated low on this. If we don't do something in the next coming years when a labor shortage happens, we're not going to be able to attract and retain the best workers. And we have many examples of companies who have created these cutting-edge programs. And more important even than that, many of these companies have instituted these programs and have found it to be a win-win. It satisfies the employees, it meets their needs, and it increases the company's profitability. And lots of times that's what managers need to hear, that this is going to be something that's going to be positive and have a positive effect on the bottom line, and then they'll consider some of these programs. Very interesting trend. Sherry Sullivan, we appreciate you joining us, the author of The Opt-Out Revolt. Thanks for being with us on InfoTrack. Thank you very much. I very much enjoyed it. For InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.